I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And I'm Al. Now, we understand that every three seconds a new podcast is created and now there's actually one podcast for every three people. So we just wanted to take a minute to say thank you very much for downloading this one and we hope you enjoy it. In a nutshell, we realised that some of our film tastes weren't what you'd call conventional. So we decided to talk about them and hopefully shed some light on some films that either didn't get what we felt deserved at the time or we just wanted to rewatch and talk about them. You don't have to have seen the film, but if you haven't, you may want to just give it a quick Google. What's the and that? <sighs> Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, a podcast where we discuss films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just want to talk about them. I'm here with Al Bollins. Hello. And Adam Ward. Yep. Gentlemen, uh, how are we both? Al, come to you first. I'm very well, thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, More I'm importantly. Good. Yeah, I'm good. 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 We're recording this quite late, so I'm a bit tired. We are, yeah. Eyes are being not, rubbed. I'm not one to moan. I'm not one to moan. I'm no. not one to moan. Someone had stuff to do today, so we had to do it late. <laughs> Some would call him selfish. Yes, let's let's call him, I don't know, A. Bollins. No, no, that's too obvious. Al B. Ah, I like yeah. it. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, Adam, how are you? Yeah, good. Um, not bad. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Living. So, um, I'll cut right to it. We've been hoping to do a couple of special episodes, haven't we, in between series and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we've got a, a, a cracker today, haven't we, chaps? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. It's Katie Brand. Um, Katie's a comedian and an actress and a writer, novelist. She's done it all. She's done it all. Uh, and she's got a book coming out, uh, which is essentially it's about, well, you'll hear in the interview, but it's her life as a memoir um, told through the eyes of, of the film Dirty Dancing, of which she is a massive, massive fan of. So without further ado, um, here's the interview. We're joined by a very special guest today, aren't we, chaps? Mm. Uh, we're joined by Katie Brand. Katie, thanks very much for coming in. How are you? Thank you. I'm very well. I'm very excited by all this. Yes, it is. It's great to see you. So we always start the podcast with a completely random question, nothing to do with films. Okay. So I'll uh, pass it to Al first so you okay. get the gist. Al, what's your favourite form of potato and its use? Controversially, mashed potato. Mm. Okay. Is that, you, you can is that what? controversial? Not, not controversially. <laughs> I'm going to go with mashed potato. Mashed potato. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Adam? See, um, I was leaning towards mash. I'm, I'm probably going to say a roast, roast, a roast potato, potato, big on roast. Mm. Katie, what about you? Um, 
Well, I mean, I like potato in all forms. Mm. Um, but I'm going to go for as a special treat okay. because you've all come down and to record this and I think it feels like a special treat kind yeah. of answer. I'm not saying this is an everyday thing, but I would go as a special treat, Dauphinoise. Oh, wow. Yes. Now we're getting fancy. Yeah. Lot of prep. Yes. Lot of prep. It now needs to be started. very thin slices. Yeah. All so garlic in the world. Yes, and it's yeah. not to be undertaken lightly. Yeah. That's controversial yeah do you think so i think that's yeah. controversial <laughs> puts my mashed potato <laughs> to shame anyway yeah just crisps i'm boring <laughs> <laughs> just just crisps. just, just a bit of crisps so um this week's film is uh it's a small film you might have heard of called dirty dancing oh yeah um obviously spoilers for dirty dancing but it has been out for 30 years i yeah. think it is. Yeah. So, um yeah the reason we're talking about that is katie you you have a book coming out i do uh, yes about your love for the film dirty dancing and how it fits in with your Life, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yes, uh, well, it's called I Carried a Watermelon. Um, for anyone who has not ever seen the film or is completely unfamiliar with the film, that title will be probably quite baffling. <laughs> but it has kind of entered mainstream use, I think, mm. I Carried a Watermelon. Uh, it is the scene where Baby, the protagonist of the film, um, enters... Well, it's the kind of what we call the inciting incident, isn't mm-hmm. it? In yeah. that kind of slightly hack way of um, slicing up film scripts uh, to work with a particular formula. So you have the inciting incident of the protagonist where the protagonist does something that sort of kicks everything off. Uh, And what Baby does is she tries to get into the staff quarters because she can hear uh, a party going on uh, in the staff quarters. And so she offers to carry a watermelon from another member of staff to help him and that's how she gets into the staff after party and mm. meets Johnny Castle and everything goes from there. Mm. So the book is called I Carried a Watermelon and it is about dirty dancing and me and it's sort of partly a memoir mm. it's partly an homage to dirty dancing and uh, I was obsessed with this film between the ages of 11 and 13 um and I have been sort of I mean the, that is the white heat of my obsession I would say those two years peak. yeah the peak yeah. yes exactly yes I wouldn't say I haven't maintained that level uh, <laughs> since then I'm just um, going to leave right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's sort of always been present I've always been a fan um, the first two years I, I mean certainly the first time I saw it it just absolutely blew my mind and I had to go and have a long lie down um, which is not a euphemism uh, when you're 11 incidentally <laughs> Uh, I just genuinely had a long lie down (laughs) and a long think looking at the ceiling uh, feeling all my feelings Um, I watched it every day for three months until it was confiscated uh, and then I found it and then continued to watch it secretly and replace it in the hiding place each time then I broke the VHS and after that there was a long period where I had to just rely on my own memory and imagination Um, and then it kind of has waxed and waned through my life since then and then when I was 40 this year my husband said on on the night of my 40th birthday we didn't have plans that particular night um and he said what do you want to do and i said i suddenly out of the blue actually slightly surprised myself and said i want to watch dirty dancing and so we did uh and uh obviously downloaded it on a streaming platform which was happened in sort of 30 seconds which mm. would have blown my 11 year old mind <laughs> uh and um and i just i i'd seen it i've seen it many times or several times since my kind of mad obsessive period but i don't think i've ever really focused on it since then mm. and i i watched it properly from start to finish with no distractions no walking in and out no kind of half watching it with someone else no kind of coming onto it halfway through on telly sort of thing i yeah. sat down and watched it 
And again, it just I just thought, God, this really stands up, this film. Mm-hmm. It's a rite of passage film for teenage girls. There aren't very many of them. And um, I started to realise as well, you know, how it had informed my choices through life, my preferences, my worldview, my, my romantic preferences, all of this sort of thing. Um, and I thought with it about a week later, I pitched it as a book. And 24 hours after that, HQ, the publishers had bought it and then I had to write it. <laughs> uh, and I have now written it and now it's out. So, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, uh, it, it's a kind of, yes, it's a, it's a look at being a teenage girl, I think, to some extent. And there are other stories about me through my life, but a lot of it is you know that those teenage years and the rites of passage you have to go through through the sort of prism of dirty dancing really i would mm. say yeah mm. so i think what's really interesting is it's the it's kind of like you say it's like a part memoir part love letter to dirty dancing and that's not so i've never really seen someone do an autobiography slash memoir through the prism of just loving something so much and that's what really came through for me in the book was was the way that you dissect the film in line with your own life that's what i really really enjoyed about it mm, so, thank yeah. you something mm. that is well we might as well get it on the table now. Before we started reading the book, I'd never seen the film. Never I'd never seen the never film either. Yeah, I hadn't seen the film. Yeah. So I, I started reading the book without having seen the film. I got about a chapter in and I thought, I think that it's better if I watch the film as well. So I watched the film yeah. having read about a chapter of the book, and maybe two, and then for me, it really made me enjoy the film more. Really? I was, yeah, I was seeing the stuff in completely. the film. I was like, no, I get, yeah, I get it. I get the the way you break down certain things, which 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 we'll get on to. I don't know what did you, what did you guys think. No, I was the same. I think there were, there was elements of the film that I looked a lot deeper at, and I think I got the meaning of more having read the book. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, I think that I looked at the film on a much deeper level than I think I would have had I not been reading the book yeah. alongside. Yeah, it. I think yeah. I think it's that it's that thing, isn't it? It's emotional baggage that comes with a film can improve mm. it there are, there yeah. are films yeah. that are not critically well received but if yeah. you watch it at the right time in your life not that Dirty Dancing wasn't well received but for, for example like I really like some of the kind of 90s Adam Sandler films yeah. and they're not yeah. necessarily very well received but I have fond memories of watching like yeah. Big Daddy and Happy Gilmore yeah. when I was about 10 mm. and yeah. for me that kind of emotional baggage I think it, the passion that you have for the film really comes through in the book. Yeah, was... Although I, I'm just going to say right now that Dirty Dancing is a lot better than any film Adam Sandler made is. in the 1990s. It is. No, it I is. just, I like, I just is. want to put yeah. that I out there. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can we at least agree? We're going to have Adam Sandler on next <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Um, <laughs> no, he's, he's done yeah. some good stuff. He's a funny no, in man. Terms I get depth, it. For sure, completely. There's, there's a sort of skin layer, isn't it? I watched the film and I was like, yeah, I like that film. I can see why why it's so popular mm. and then obviously I read the, the book afterwards and there's so many things you mention in it I'm going oh yeah yeah oh my the scene with baby and her dad on by that the lake great. Mm, yeah. absolutely great I don't think I gave it the appreciation at the time I now want to watch the film again yes really? absolutely yeah, I really yeah. do yeah yeah because yeah. I think the book makes you want to have a second look yeah because sure. there's things, yeah. You, things you do notice things you go whoa I want to I want to try and find that again mm. i think and that scene in particular uh, i it really struck me actually and i think i mentioned in the book that i didn't quite un- I, I knew that scene was a powerful scene where baby has this sort of reckoning with her father in yeah. the kind of final third of the film uh, where they both kind of he realizes he's got to let her go and she's she's growing up and she realizes that baby he wasn't the hero she always thought he was and all of those sorts of things but um, it was only when I watched one of the remakes where it's a terrible 
terrible scene in the remake. Um, The one with uh, Nicole Scherzinger. Oh, yeah, the TV one. Where kind of weirdly... Um, the father is some kind of frustrated song and dance man uh, who, has, who has instead become a doctor as a kind of consolation prize. <laughs> the old entertainment to doctor. Yeah. Entertainment turned doctor. I heard about the Harry Hill, which yeah. is the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not that, is it? But also the whole point of, you know, Jake Houseman, the, the father, is that he's this kind of stoic doctor, mm-hmm. you know, a family man, a man who has worked from, possibly from nothing and can now provide an mm. expensive holiday for his family and all of this sort of stuff, you know, He's not a sort of guy that's going to burst into Mr. Bojangles at the drop of a hat. You know, he, this whole world that the dancers <laughs> is baffling to him. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so to have this scene play out where he he talks a lot in this scene, in the remake, uh, and they have this kind of conversation, this very unconvincing conversation while he's kind of playing the piano a bit. And it was only that that made me think, God, this is so different to the original scene in Dirty Dancing. Mm. And for many reasons, but there's something about this that's completely different and I can't quite get it. And I had this sudden moment, which I talk about in the book, where I realised that in the original scene, uh, the father doesn't say anything. I didn't pick up on that until I read I the book. Yeah, and I'd never done that yeah. either. And and actually, I suddenly thought, oh my God, it's such a powerful, strong scene. Mm. And in my mind, it's a, it's a two-hander. Mm. But actually, now I think of it, I can't think of a word he says. And, you know, Jerry Orbach, who plays... Dr. Jake Houseman in the original film is such an immense actor, mm. you know, a massively respected actor in the American theatre scene, all of this sort of stuff. Um, and I went back and I specifically went back to watch just that scene to double check that I was correct. And then I cross-referenced it with the script. And and I just suddenly thought, God, what? It's basically a monologue, which is played as a as a two-hander because of the intensity of his response. And just things like that, just even I hadn't ever noticed that before. And I don't want to get too pretentious about this, although obviously me being a bit pretentious about Dirty Dancing is part of the reason why I'm sat here talking about this. But So I, in a way, I would love to get really yeah, pretentious about yeah, it. Go for it. But I do want to say at the outset that it is a, a commercial film. It's a, it mm, is a romantic mm. dance film, like, and it is a piece of fantastic entertainment, and there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with making something which is commercial and entertaining and pushes all Absolutely your buttons, not. that's thrilling and exciting and sexy and honest and all of this sort of stuff that we expect from a commercial entertainment film. It's not a piece of art house cinema. I'm not trying to argue that. But I think there are layers and layers to it, in the same way that there are layers and layers to all kinds of films that are big commercial hits. It's just, I think, sometimes in the past, this is being rectified now by things like this very conversation, amongst other things, where things that teenage girls liked tend to be slightly dismissed, whereas things that teenage boys liked, you have endless articles about the universal themes and the importance Mm -hmm. of this and the layers of this and all of that. And, And the same can be said of some, not all, but some big commercial hits, which tended to be aimed more at teenage girls. And therefore, teenage people. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in it about sex, about Mm, this notion of slut shaming, about consent, about all of this sort of thing um, that I think bears some discussion, some scrutiny and some respect and and some looking back at it to see what's really there. Mm. So I'm thrilled to hear that you watched it and started to feel that you saw some of those things as well. Yeah, Yeah. I think for for me, it was was when it it was... It really broke. What I really liked when it really shone the book was when you broke down the class and the gender politics and how all that worked. And I had never really considered that when I mean, I'd not seen the film anyway, but when you start talking about Johnny and how it's about, you know, he's got nothing if he's not dancing mm. and baby being a sexually empowered woman and Penny and her work, I think I thought it was really great the way he took each character kind of when this is what they 
this is what they are, this is what they stand for. I mean, like you say, it's also a piece of entertainment, but it also it's it's really tightly done. It's really well yes. well really rounded. Like done, it's yeah. an hour and forty something like that. Yeah. It's, it's so not... tight. And actually, when I watched it on my fortieth, there came there was a moment where I said, "I'm just going to pause it for a minute because I need I want to see how far in we are." Mm. And because she's got so much story in there already, everything's set up without feeling just a bit of expositional stuff, but it's not super clunky. Mm. and we stopped it because everything was set up everything was ready to go and it was on 37 minutes in and so she's pretty much bang on a third of the way mm. in and you just think I look at films now, I mean there's several of my writer friends have this we have this kind of funny Facebook thing about how films need to be more than 90 minutes now and how you know that everything's three hours now yeah. mm. And but I think you know there's some truth in that that the, there's a hell of a lot of story in there for an hour and a half. There is. It's yeah. so, there is. It's so much so it's, going it's, on. It's, yeah, it's really... We kind of... When we are picking the films that we are going to review, we we do avoid films that are over two hours. I mean, I don't mind long, epic films, but sometimes yeah. I, I like just a nice, tight story mm. that really it, yeah, just tells... Yeah. It, like, it makes it easier for you. when we're preparing for for an episode, doesn't it? Because you think, oh, yeah. this is two and a half hours long, yeah. and I'm going yeah, to... Yeah, you've got to fit it in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's so... that The writing is really good. I'm really surprised she's not kind of gone on and done... Other, mm. other. I mean, she, I know mm. she's very much invested in the dirty dancing and like you talk about in the book, the, the musical and the other mm. stuff she's done. But I think she could. She seems like she could go on and do yeah. lots, lots but I more. I think that that thing with the class system is so so interesting. It's so integral, isn't it? When you think about sort of that that whole the holiday place of this, the cat skills. It, yeah, the cat skills. Mm. When you think when you think of that, really. Your dancers and dance instructors should be higher in the hierarchy than your waiters. That's yeah. like their servants, because isn't of it? Their class system yeah. Yeah. and them being from all these mm. fancy colleges, and that's the way everyone's viewed. It's I, so interesting. I only knew about the cat skills because have you seen the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon? Mm-hmm. It's a show about it's set in the fifties or sixties, and she's like a Jewish comedian who mm. lives in like the a rich part of New York but that's where they go on holiday mm-hmm. so when they said they were going to the Catskills I was like oh Mrs Maisel yes it was yeah, known as, like, a, yeah. as a, a sort of resort area of of mountain lodge hotels mm. posh for broadly speaking it was known for middle class well to do Jewish families mm. that yeah. would go and spend the summer there and there were and that is and Ellen Bergstein you know the, it is her life she was from a Jewish family her father was a doctor she did go to the Catskills and dance and, and to some extent extent i think what you're saying about her you know it's good writing therefore why couldn't she write something else um yes it is good writing but i think perhaps she is one of those writers who has i i don't possibly one great story and what a great Mm. story it is and how brilliantly she's told it but there's obviously there was such deep passion and understanding for that and it just some alchemy brought it all together somehow mm, but yeah. yeah there's this notion of the class and and yes that sense of that there's a almost throwaway line you blink and you miss it where um johnny is talking this is a later point um where baby sees her father and she pulls johnny away in this kind of sudden m- movement that's in invo- bit involuntary and he clocks it and realizes she's embarrassed to be seen with him or worried because she's been told not to see him and he talks about how um one of his family members if if it ever goes wrong for him with the dancing, he can go back and become a painter and a decorator and they can get him into the union. And you, you, I, I don't think sometimes 
especially as a sort of teenager, you don't quite clock that. No. It's actually no. only later in life, you know, and I've, I'm 40, I've been in the business for nearly 20 years. You know, I'm from a middle class family. I have a safety net in the sense that I wouldn't ever be homeless. Yeah. Yeah. But but I don't have some kind of huge trust fund that's going to fund me through bad, you know, it, it's sort of, and that sense of like, and actually I only think I really picked up on that line properly and emotionally responded to it when I watched it this year. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that sense of, God almighty, Johnny Castle, this incredibly passionate, exciting, talented dancer, genuinely is fearful for good reason that if he messes this up somehow, which he is doing by being with Baby, uh, he'll spend the rest of his life being a decorator. Yeah. And yeah. this will never happen for him again. Yeah. This, this, yeah. this, there's no going back to this. Yeah, that, that, was, yeah that was something in the, in the book that, that, I, that I really responded to from yeah. sort of being from a middle-class background myself, that when you were saying about the people you know in the business who've had a working class background are the ones who've still kept working because they've got mm. that work ethic. And I think yeah. that's yeah, such absolutely. an interesting yeah. concept yeah. Mm. because of not having the safety net. I think it's um, it's it's funny actually. We we were talking about this on the journey down about mm. about that very point about middle class guilt yeah. and, and the work yeah. ethic and that kind of thing. And first of all, I was saying that for me, it was really sh- it really shone with um, it really came to the fore with Penny and the way he kind of says Robbie says something like you've got to go slum in it, mm. treating her like a, like this object, and because yeah. she doesn't earn mm. much, she's lower than him, and he can just do what he wants with her. So we started talking about. The class system and where you think you sit in the class system yeah. and as much as the class system is kind of it's quite archaic now i guess in the way that it's kind of based on i wish it was more archaic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. we were saying you know what do you what do you think the class system is what class are you and i think you've hit the nail on the head there which is you'll never be homeless mm. and it's that mm. thing of being to be middle class it's that gray area because you talk about this the strong identity of the working and the strong identity of the upper and the middle being like this this pendulum it's that th- i think it's that thing isn't it of um only doing something because you want to, not because you have to. Mm. Not because you have yeah, to keep a roof yeah, over your head or food yeah. on the table. It's, it's or... that thing of privilege, really. really. Yeah. That's, mm. what it, that's what it comes down to. Uh, what about the film? Is it you think it makes it so Because it's so popular. I've spoken to so many people, men and women, and you talk about the, that in the book. Of It's it's so popular. I mean, I work with a mixture of, of both. We've got friends who are both genders, and it's so often a, a favourite. It's always, so what is it you make that, you think makes it have stood the test of time makes it such a, a strong film for a lot of people's kind of favorite film um i think it's several reasons i don't think there's just one reason i think uh i think it adheres quite loyally to a satisfying story structure i think that's the first thing so it has a nice narrative pace it it, it has it, it moves along swiftly um and it resolves in a way that doesn't feel kind of predictable and awful, but is satisfying. So I think a human need for a good story, you know, yes, you can say, oh, Barry Lyndon, or you can say, you know, these are great mm. art house pieces of cinema, but, and people will admire them and some people will love them and all of that sort of thing. But when you've just got a straightforwardly great story, well told, mm. Uh, I think that is always going to appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think humans are just programmed to respond to good stories well told. So that's the first I, thing. I, yeah. I agree. Again, it doesn't have to be, not everything has to be an analogy for something or a political statement. You can yeah. just enjoy a film. Like, yeah. so, like so many people like, I guess there are the tried and tested formulas for films that people just enjoy. Are, you know, you do get stuff like, whatever your opinion of it is a james bond film yeah. you know what yeah. you're gonna get yeah you know and that's why it's i would say more people would say something like dirty dancing is their favorite film than um like you say barry Lyndon mm. or like a 
yeah. Full Metal Jacket or something. Yeah, or something but like I think that. there's there's certain story beats to hit, and I think I talk about this in the book about the romantic storylines of um, boy meets girl. They hate each other instantly. Then over time, they come to fall mm. in love, and then there's the boy meets girl who fall in love instantly, and then they're separated, and they have to find their way mm. back to each mm. other. And I say in the book as well that one of the reasons I think Pride and Prejudice is consistently named the the oh, best yeah, book yeah. is because it combines both the storylines. You've got both of them going on at once in with the two main couples. Mm. And I think what's funny about Dirty Dancing is it has both those storylines going within the same couple. So when you move into the second section um it the first one becomes the second one so those are just they are just big hitter storylines mm. those two and if you can combine them in some clever way you're not going to go far wrong also the dancing is incredible that's great it is brilliant they are it's brilliant, brilliant dances they're brilliant it's brilliant choreography phenomenally performed and i defy anyone not to enjoy those the, the those dances mm. the soundtrack is fantastic eleanor bergstein was completely invested in the soundtrack mm. you know she brought along her old 45 to go with the pitch she insisted on things they had to specifically get rights to, to things that she insisted was in the script she had scripted the soundtrack um, and I think that's another big big part of it and I, I just think but also I think on a more fundamental level any, most people respond to a rite of passage story mm, yeah. yeah, because we all have to go through the difficult process of growing up and I think it's a shame that it's been categorised as a girls film Um only because not not to devalue it because of that but only because it somehow prevents young men from watching it mm. um and and you know all the genders mm. in between and and actually there's a lot to say just generally about yeah. the way men and women and everyone else relates to each yeah. other there's so many different sort of like things for p- different people to access in it if yeah. you want to just enjoy a love story with dancing in you can you can put it on absolutely yeah, yeah. but yeah. then we were talking earlier about the, cla- the class systems and things like yeah, that the dancing in it it's, there's that, so much for me that that's that's any sort of good eyes like when, whenever yeah. sort of if I'm if I'm writing for theatre I like to have a message with whatever I'm writing but mm. then at the same time I want sort of my dad or my nan to be able to go and watch that show and, and not and have just, to worry about yeah message. and just have a yeah. good time the message there if you want the message to be yeah. there and it's and if you just want to go and enjoy yourself you can do that as well and that's one of the one of the things exactly. that's so great about this mm. i think the um good music mm. can can really make a film mm. and it helps like well um, it's, it's like cameron crowe says um music says the things that we don't have to say mm. yeah you know, and, and i think that works so well and, that, and that's so prevalent in all of his films so um something you mentioned is, is how your enjoyment of the film has, has changed over the time that you've been alive and, and your events in your life and you know growing older marriage children all, all that sort of stuff how do you think you'll watch the film in 20 years Mm, if I'm still here in 20 years if we're any of us are still here yeah, in 20 yeah. years in a flying car <laughs> yeah. I'll have to remember it because yeah. the electrical apocalypse would have yeah. happened by then but, um, I think I, I think it will be similar to how I watch it now actually I, I have to say I think I'm growing into my kind of middle-aged appreciation of Dirty Dancing and I say in the book a bit about you know particularly the character of Vivian Pressman uh, the sort of older woman the bungalow bunny as she's known mm-hmm. um, the kind of um, forlorn but but still quite sort of active you know and sexually desired and desirable um woman but very lonely and and abandoned by her rich husband who really has very little interest in her and so she's sort of paying 
Johnny to for ostensibly for extra dance lessons, but I think we all know what that means. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, very much, uh, very much becoming Vivian Pressman. I think I see myself as paying a young hot dancer <laughs> for extra dance lessons. Um, no, I think I think it's been interesting the way those middle aged characters have sort of come into focus for me. I think, mm-hmm. and and I think again that scene with baby and her father that we're talking about earlier that when I, I went to visit the hotel where a lot of it was filmed where all of the kellerman stuff is filmed yes. uh, and i looked over across the grounds and i saw this gazebo gazebo and i knew that was where it filmed i recognized it instantly and i walked into it and there was such a, i mean i'm not really one for oogly boogly stuff but there was an <laughs> energy in that gazebo mm. and i stood oh, in yeah, it oogly boogly. yeah i stood <laughs> but i stood boogly. in it for about 10 minutes and i just couldn't i mean you know i, I I don't know why but I, I it's obviously the psychological impact of that scene mm-hmm. but I think as well you know having raised a teenager and I've got a young son uh, I think feeling feeling the impact of her words on her father you know having only really watched them from her perspective mm-hmm. as the kind of teenager that's growing up and wants to break free and be her own person and reject some of her father's values and make some of her own it's very easy to see it from that point of view and then you sort of get to 40 and up and you've sort of maybe raised a couple of kids and on or you're still doing so and you suddenly go whoa blimey I think I'd be quiet too you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I can yeah. see why he doesn't say anything Yeah. and also you know like I say Vivian Pressman the older woman the bungalow bunny just sort of feeling her pain you know it's so easy to watch it as a kind of 13 year old girl and go oh god what a sad old woman yeah. mm-hmm. how tragic going around and but there's some the pathos in her uh, especially in the scene where she wakes up the morning after having had a one night mm. stand with Robbie the waiter because she can't have Johnny Gosh, and then she yeah. glimpses y- love's young dream across the mm. the way and sees the two but baby and Johnny kissing and she has no makeup on she looks a little bit sort of the worse for wear in the morning you know she's putting her tights in her bag I mean there you, you just think bloody hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've either been there or nearly been there and you just think this is, this is bleak like yeah. you know and I, I think I felt the impact of those scenes emotionally and whereas before I just sort of gone yeah yeah whatever fine let's get to the next bit <laughs> yeah. with Johnny and Baby yeah, yeah. Yeah. what's Baby gonna do yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like the moment when he turns down the dance lessons with her mm. and you and view it so is, much um, as a victory yeah, but yeah, yeah, when you look at it from moment. her point of view it's so it's crushing it's like we were saying with Penny and Robbie he treats her like an object he's just mm-hmm. like go oh, on I'm playing cards can you take my wife for dance lessons well, yeah. really it's like yeah. I don't care it's very yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I've not, so I've not seen her so for isolated. the past week or two but mm. I've yeah. got a card game to play yeah. and he oh, knows the, the thing is, is he knows full well what's happening with <laughs> oh, Johnny as well and yeah. he doesn't yeah. care yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah so the impact and, and obviously of course the thing of the termination of the unwanted pregnancy yeah. and mm-hmm. the abortion storyline um, which was probably my first introduction to the to even the concept of an abortion when I first saw it when I was 11 um, and I didn't really understand I mean that's probably the biggest the starkest difference is that I didn't actually fundamentally understand what was happening when yeah. I was 11 yeah. um, I didn't know what knocked up meant nobody ever says pregnant in the film mm, no. um, in fact in the remake they do it's probably the only benefit but even then I'd hesitate <laughs> it sounds um, like the, I've not seen the remake it sounds don't it, watch it, the remake completely lacks yeah. in subtlety yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. oh, yes. and then I read about um, Dirty Dancing 2 as well mm. and I thought before <laughs> Before, I should even tell you this, but before I read the book, I thought, this will be hilarious. <laughs> I'll buy Dirty Dancing 2 and I'll take it to the interview and I'll give it to her and be like, oh, maybe if you could write about this. And then I got to the chapter and I was like, 
That's going back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's going back. That's going back. back. Where's the receipt? Yeah. 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 Like, people are going to come in and go and look at my DVD collection. There's some good fit. <laughs> what? Dirty Dancing to Havana Nights with the guy from Star Wars Rogue One in it. What are you doing with that? I suppose that we'll get on to the film now, but the last question I've got is, after the process of kind of re- researching and writing the book, and I think I know the answer, do you still enjoy the film? Oh, yes, have of you course. Said, have you watched it loads whilst you've been writing it? I, no, I haven't watched it, sort of sat down and watched it start to finish since, but although I started writing the book quite soon after my 40th, um, so I had sort of recently just sat down and watched it straight through for enjoyment quite recently at that point, but I had it on hand all the time, so I would kind of often when I was writing it, I'd go and check something, the colour of a leotard or whatever... And then inevitably, I'd, I'd fast forward it to that scene and then inevitably just end up watching the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to just buy a script in the end just to be disciplined. Just to reference it and stuff. Yeah, but no, I haven't watched it all the way through yet. I'm going to save that, I think, as a little celebratory thing after <laughs> yeah. the book comes out. Yeah. But uh, when I went to Kellerman's, when I went to the hotel for their Dirty Dancing themed weekend, uh, my little pilgrimage, um, they I had such a it was such a great time, actually, and I, I really enjoyed it. And it was nuts, the whole thing. And funnily enough, actually, a lot of the waiters there, waitresses, um, were based at um, Virginia Tech uh, University just down the road. Oh, yes. so they're about 20, so a little, yeah, so yeah. younger than you still. And um, one of the guys at my table that I sort of joined in with this gang of guys uh, and women uh, who were Florida firefighters there to, for the Dirty Dancing weekend. <laughs> but one of these guys who was about sort of 40s, 50, kept saying to the waitresses, so, where's the after-show party? Where's the after-show party? Are we going to go to the after... The after the, uh, the, the, uh, where's the staff after-party? And this girl just kept going, um, well, we don't really have them. I mean, we've got, like... We sometimes have student parties, but it's a bit of a drive away. And I suddenly, the penny drops, and I suddenly said, have you seen the film? And they were all like, no. And none of them had, and they were all in their 20s. And I just thought that was very sad. And um, and actually, I asked one of them, I said, but you know it's a rite of passage film for girls, and there aren't many of those around, and what what would be your rite of passage film then? And she actually said Harry Potter, which I thought was quite interesting as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can see so, why that. Yeah, yeah I can, I see I can that. too. Yeah, so yeah. so that. generationally, it's, I would still like them to watch Dirty Dancing. But on the on the last day, there's that you get breakfast and they show Dirty Dancing whilst you're all having your breakfast. And this girl was there, and I sort of said, "Well, you're sort of watching it now, you know, just maybe just." Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Pause in taking your eggs to the thing and just look at it for a minute. This is quite a good scene. And, and every time I've actually encountered the film or had to look at something for research or anything or look at a clip, uh, I've just felt this very warm, comforting, happy feeling. So Mm. it it hasn't made it tired for me at all. It's made it actually a real sort of comforting place of home, I think. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That really does come through in the book, to be honest. Mm. I've never heard anyone talk with such passion about a film. (laughs) I've I've argued with friends drunkenly over whether something is good and who's the best Batman, but I've never been like, so like, no, you know, the best Well, when I started writing the book, I, I did have a moment of panic where I thought, is there enough in this film to sustain a whole book? Mm. I mean, I've sold mm. this book on a kind of very passionate, excited pitch. It's a proposal, but I haven't written the book yet. Can, yeah. Is it actually possible? Have I, have I suggested something that I can't mm. deliver? Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, am I seeing something that isn't there? Mm. And actually, I was I was amazed and surprised yeah. and happy that I just wrote and wrote and wrote and I just didn't yeah. stop writing. It never felt like, oh, I'm really padding this out here or I'm really having to stretch for yeah. this. Well, it just kept like, coming. Like the film, like the film. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really how it reads. It yeah, reads it does, absolutely. Yeah. So, not there's to, so much depth in everything yeah. you write. Yeah. Not to get all oogly-boogly about it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Which, which is it, Alan? Oogly or boogly? It's a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's usually okay, a bit of both. You, 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 can, you can't have an oogle without a boogle. Absolutely no. not, no. But you can, you, you can feel that passion come through. And that, like, like I say, I'd seen the film once. And yet I was re- like, you can just really feel what you're thinking, saying and feeling through the things and how it intertwines with your life as well. It's, mm. it's, it's, Thank it's you. an amazing Absolutely. read. I really it really is. I flew through it. Yeah, I did as I well. Did. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, For a um, film I've seen once. None of us had seen the film going into it so there was there was things and we, it's, it's kind of become a running thing on the podcast <laughs> I get an idea of what a film is and I watched it and go that's not yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. watched we watched Starship Troopers and I was going thought it was a parody <laughs> um, you watched Warrior which is a film with Tom Hardy thought it was a war Cage film Fine. thought it was a war film it was a war film mm-hmm. um, The Good Girl Jennifer Aniston Thought it was a chick flick. Yeah. It's not. Very yeah. much not. Yeah. Yeah. Very, Very much not. not. Yeah. And you know, it was because I was getting mixed up with another Jennifer Aniston film. Yeah. All so, the other Jennifer Aniston yeah. films. Yeah. So, so going into it, there's mm-hmm. a few things I had no idea about. I thought it was a nice film. I did associate it with a kind of, like you say, with, with women. Um, but I did. I thought it was a nice film. A girl who meets a dance instructor, they fall in love, and that was it. No idea it was set in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I thought it was set in the 80s. Well, you could be forgiven for that because a lot of the um, the... The, the clothing and musical tastes of some yeah. of the characters are that's somewhat it, yeah. 80s. But I think yeah. that, that's where the soundtrack again is really strong because you've got stuff like the Commodores and Otis Redding and then you've got Patrick Swayze himself and um, the famous one. Well, obviously, I've, I've had the time of my life, yeah. which, is, which yeah. is really... Consuming. And I also didn't realise how... 
both adult, dark, and kind of sexy it would be. I didn't mm. know it as soon as I opened the book. And what made me go, I need to, I need to watch the film before I read this, was when you talk, start talking about the abortion. Yes. And I was like, I didn't have a clue. I did not have a clue about yeah. that. So what did I, I Some people want... actually have seen the film and have forgotten that there's an abortion in it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, which is quite interesting to me. And also quite cool, I think, like I say in the book. I think it's such a big um, issue, obviously, and still is. Mm. Um and um, but abortion campaigners call it this film the gold standard uh, for pro-life campaigners. I totally see why. Because mm. yeah, and yeah. one of the main reasons is she recovers and can have children in the future if she wants to, and her life is not going to be over or ruined. She doesn't die on the table or bleed to death or any of those things. So yes, it's presented as something unpleasant and difficult but she will recover and nobody judges her in mm. it. Everyone can understand why this is the responsible course of action to take, mm. all of that sort of thing. And it's very, cl- I mean, she nearly lost the deal, as you know, if you've read the book. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because she was asked to take the abortion out and she said no. And she said this sort of thing about how if you want to put in something in a film and not have it removed, you need to embed it so strongly in the yes, storyline um, yeah. that it can't yeah. be removed without ruining yeah. the film, which I think was quite an interesting point. But yes, I think a lot of people don't know that there is this abortion in it but it's absolutely pivotal yes. well, yeah it's like the artistic integrity of the film like that's she such a huge it, yeah that's a huge thing because really it would be an entirely different film without that storyline mm. yeah. because yeah. It, it brings so many <laughs> characters together well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, and then they brings, carry on dancing and then she goes home and that's it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be a lovely film about family going on holiday strengthening their their familial bonds the hungry eyes scene something I know is, and you talk about this in the book, which is her kind of as her sexual confidence and self confidence grows, her costume changes. Mm. And there was times when she's wearing clothes that look, like looked like what people wear now. She's so well dressed. She's yeah. she's very well put together. I watched it with my girlfriend, she? and we were just going, could wear that today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, without a doubt. It's like have you ever seen there. the picture of Harrison Ford from the late seventies? It looks like, like what every man wants yeah. to look like now. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's that kind of thing of it's timeless in a way. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it doesn't matter that it's set in the sixties, apart from maybe the that. Make Heinz the abortion storyline. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm more or less dressed like Johnny does right now. To you be are. Oh, you yeah. are. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. not. That you was lifted not me above done. your head only yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you yeah. can tell from these arms. You just know. <laughs> you just know. So, what, like Adam, what did you think it was going to be going into? Well, yeah, it? I think because it was always one of my mum's favorite films. Mm. Um, my my dad always liked it, and mm. my girlfriend and my sister both. All of them loved it, and I, all I really knew was kind of the 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 memorable lines like no yeah. baby in the corner yeah. and yeah. that closing scene but other than that I didn't yeah. really know a great deal about the film mm, and yeah. it had so much like I've, I've said this word so many times but it had so much more depth to it than I than I was expecting I think yeah. that relationship between baby and Johnny and the big thing for me is just baby as a character she's such an interesting character she's particularly very well written. For, for the 60s but even for for an 80s lead She's so well written. There's so yeah. there's yeah. so many layers to that character. She's very real, isn't and she's she? so yeah. strong. Yeah, like, but like, I think this yeah. is one of the ways in which some cinema has gone backwards since mm, the eighties. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think some people feel that the eighties and nineties was was a real you know good time for female leads and female parts and written in this way and she's so active and she makes everything happen i mean she's an ultimate active protagonist mm-hmm. you know like and i think that's what a lot of women see in it that slightly it doesn't bypass the men because the men can appreciate it too but but the, i think that is probably when you say oh my mum loved it my my girlfriend my sisters my female friends mm-hmm. and i never quite got it it's like well because until you watch it through 
those are or just through a slightly different yeah. set of eyes yeah. whoever they may belong to that you're seeing now a young a 17 year old girl who isn't trying to be weak or sort of coquettish yeah. or teasing mm. she's just straight down the line and she's going to make some shit happen yeah. she's going to take some opportunities she's fearless she'll try something new she'll help someone in trouble she's an ultimate hero really yeah. protagonist active person mm. and i yeah. think that there, there aren't many films for that have a woman in that position in the film um they may have moments often yeah. the woman comes through at the end to make the key thing that saves the man or whatever it is and has that moment of truth and says it as it is and then you know but to just have that relentless drive that she's got yeah. to just make yeah. stuff happen make stuff happen you know it's very exciting mm. to watch and i think Absolutely. a friend of mine said as well about her losing her virginity that you know, it's so often presented to get teenage girls that it's going to be traumatic, it's going to be painful, it's going to yeah. be unpleasant. Yeah, don't absolutely. expect any good sex for a good five <laughs> to ten years. You know, it like, um, don't do it at this time, don't do it at that time. She doesn't lose her virginity, she sort of sheds it. Yeah. She just, yeah. she oh, kind of... Great, yeah. it's Never sort even of, says she's a virgin, does no, it? It's no, just no. like, bang, I... I I like this guy. I'm yeah. obsessed with him, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And he likes me, and we're going to yeah, have sex, yeah. and then we're going to have some that. more sex. Yeah. I mean, they did. They're at it for the whole holiday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I think these things are going to speak to mm. the. You know, I don't want to just say women, but the, yeah. it's going to that sort of response to that. Perhaps unless you're feeling it or relating to it directly, it mm. might you might miss it the first few times. Yeah, yeah. I think. yeah. But it was like the the moment when she has to tell her dad in front of everyone at breakfast Ooh, like, yeah. just have the courage to do that yeah. especially with the relationship that her and her father have mm. it's such a big thing to Absolutely. do yeah i think it's very much carried as well I, I one thing i was not surprised about that sounds like i was going and expecting to dislike it I absolutely wasn't mm. i like to go into everything with an open mind and we kind of have a rule um that we don't talk about the film until we record to yeah. just try and keep it fresh but i was expecting it to be slightly kind of more cheesy than yeah. it was me too 100%. and that's not a bad thing i went to watch uh, this is a kind of slight side note i went to watch the take that musical because i like to take that unashamedly <laughs> and i went with my mom and a couple of other people and my partner and everything yeah. and, and we came out of it and someone said to me what did you think of it i said yeah it was good it was cheesy and she went oh mm. and I, no, no no i said that's good like, yeah, that's what yeah. i went in for <laughs> yeah, i went in for yeah. some cheese i love cheese love a cheese board yeah you do love a cheese board i love a cheese board you know that I, I we, had the, we had the meals conversation <laughs> last night um so, but it's very much carried on the, on the performances, like, and I think that the key is to play you play it straight. And I think Jennifer Grey is excellent in it, and Patrick Swayze is excellent in it. Yeah. Patrick mm-hmm. Swayze plays that, and you talk about this again in the book, the masculine but sexy but dancing mm. man so well. I mean, I'd not mm. seen much about Patrick Swayze. The, the most I knew about tra- Patrick Swayze, and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to tell this story, so hopefully he's not listening, but is that my dad went to see Ghost on his own, and we've ripped him about it for 15 years <laughs> because, <laughs> because everyone was going to see it. He didn't have a partner at the time. And um, <laughs> I'm just going to watch it, see what it's all about. He must have been sitting in the cinema just with couples yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Just like, look at that pottery scene, though. <laughs> like, look at that. Oh, Unchained Melody, great yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. But I thought Patrick Swayze was excellent in it. I mean, how he looked like that while mm. smoking a bajillion cigarettes a day, I yeah. have no idea yeah. what he is. Oh, he's, he's, he's a hunk, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a, a man. Absolutely, he's yeah. classic. He's he's up there, isn't he? Yeah. I, was, I was when it's when he passed away. Mm-hmm. It was very sad. It was actually our freshers' week because we was all went it? to university together. And I was in a bar in Liverpool called Pot World, and everyone was dancing, and the music just went off. And I was oh, fire alarm! Like, like yeah. and the DJ just went just to let everybody know. Uh, Patrick Swayze has passed away and it went because ah oh, <laughs> oh, uh, beautiful and my friend oh, yeah. who I just met ran out crying 
because he liked Patrick Swayze. So that's yeah. a testament to kind of how loved yeah. the man was. Oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who's ever encountered him has told me that he was just the most delightful, kind you, you, you gentleman. You mention that in the book as well, mm. don't you? How, like, behind the scenes he was... Yep. talking to the, fr- the friend of everyone in the hotel yeah. Yeah. you speak to the guy don't you who still manages the hotel who was there at the time and yeah. he said he would have a, a beer with him at the end of the day or he's bought a cigarette off people yeah and, and I think you know I think there was cigarettes. that element yes unfortunately <laughs> that, that element of Johnny and him of feeling like that line that that sort of sem- that sort of pivotal line where he says I'm bouncing on shit and any minute I could be back down there again mm-hmm. I think I think Patrick Swayze felt that about his own life. I think absolutely. he could entirely yeah, relate to, to it. Yeah. And it was just a absolutely. part he was born to play, really. Well, yeah, the fact that he was 35 when he got that part, and that was yeah. the part that really mm. set him on his way. Yeah. But made, how, how many years will he have been yeah. as a dancer yeah. leading up to that, getting that yeah. role? Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and he and will have looked at that as his last chance, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Jennifer Grey is obviously excellent, and it, I think it's a shame mm. she hasn't done more. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, I could I couldn't find much about kind of her career. I know she's had her kind of issues with things like plastic surgery, and that's been in the papers. Yeah. Well, I think the the difficulty is, is she's a very striking and unusual looking woman in mm. Dirty Dancing. Very beautiful, but but unusually so. And I and I think there was some certainly you know when you look at Cynthia Rhodes who plays Penny, who is the absolute archetypal Glamorous kind of eighties yeah. babe. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to to play opposite somebody who looks like that if you feel a little bit uncertain about the way you look yourself and then for the film to be so huge so I don't know I don't I don't know this for sure but what for whatever reason Jennifer Grey went on to have some fairly extensive plastic surgery mm. which so wholly altered her face that as an actor it, it that sort of is is a difficult thing to do yeah. because you make a name and a career for yourself, especially with a smash hit like this. We're looking mm. a certain way, and you can alter yourself a bit, maybe have some things lifted and tightened. But if you if you literally look like a different person, mm. it's it. That's not. I don't. I can't see how that's going to help your yeah. career. Yeah. That. So. Yeah. So I think that was difficult. But I, I think from what I've learned and understood is that 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 there's some trickiness anyway so yeah. I, I don't know how yeah. she felt about it I'm sure no. she's, she can only be proud of it but it's a mixed blessing these kinds of roles because yeah. they define you yeah. Yeah. she's so perfect for it like yeah. you yeah. say she's so perfect for it well, it's like, the uh, milkshake cover yeah I'm in mm-hmm. a milkshake I'll cover you're in know, yeah. the milkshake cover yeah, yeah you know it's no big deal but, uh, oh yeah I know fridge yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. The, you're, you're yeah. the fridge guy I used to the fridge for a while yeah you don't like to talk about it yeah I know I mean it's too yeah. Well, is it just a bit raw? It's, it, I think it, the parts will get out of you, didn't you? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drank yeah. a lot of milkshakes. And you've had all that so. plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am the baby of the milkshake work. So <laughs> you should have, you should have of... seen him prior to this. Yeah. 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 You've never had a milkshake before. No. Yeah. 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 She just smashes that out. Oh, the she really yeah. And I didn't realize, all the way through it was going, Jerry Orbach. Mm. I know that name. Yeah. I know that name. And I was like, Law and Order. No, it's not that. It's not, it's not Law and Order. And after a bit, I went, Beating the Beast. It's the Beast. I think he's also in Crimes yeah. and Misdemeanors, isn't he? The, is that sure. the Woody sure. Allen film? Oh, is it? Is it? I'm is not that... sure, but he's. I mean, like you say, he has a massive distinguished career. Yeah. 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 It's not just a candlestick. He's, not, but he's, 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 not, he's more than a candlestick. I think he. Is it called Crimes and Misdemeanors? Oh, what is it? Anyway, there's a Woody Allen film that's very good, that that's excellent, that he is in, and he's excellent in it. 
All right, well, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. we could, maybe we could check that out, because actually... <laughs> Not very specific. <laughs> <laughs> go, we'll go for his IMDb and Woody find the Woody Allen film we did. So I suppose this is kind of a question for you guys more, and, and myself, is now that you've watched the film and read the book, what did you think of the film? We'll start with yourself, Adam. Yeah, it was just such a joyous ending. Really I think was, that it? was the big thing with me going in. Like, I... I that warm, glowing, warming glow. Yeah, when I it's when I came out from, of that. from a film. Yeah, it's exactly. just what you want. Yeah. Well, they say it's what you want from a romantic comedy, which is the reassurance that everything that you know how it's going to end. Yeah, you just want to see it get there. Yeah, yeah. And it's the quality of the journey to the end. But but you will always feel safe that it's going to resolve in that way, and that is a sort of comfort. That's why people return to them. Uh, Al, what about yourself? Um, when I finished the film, I. Like I said earlier, I was like, "Yeah, okay, that, that was that was a nice film. I can see, I can see where that's popular. I suppose I enjoyed it on that. It's a film about dancing. It's brilliant. Uh, but even even having said that, that scene where Baby first dances with with Johnny, my favorite scene. It's it's so unbelievably done. Yeah, it's, it's so, like, yeah. and that is pure casting. Mm. That's mm. pure because mm. you've seen the the stage version. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't re- you can't recreate that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> you, you can, can try. try. Um, you can't. But and, and sorry to repeat myself. But having read the book, I really want to go home and watch it again now. <laughs> oh, good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah without I know, question. I know what you mean. And like I only saw it what Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to go back oh, wow, and watch it again. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. I, that scene is phenomenal. And as like you say, really the chemistry clever. and the way it's shot yeah. and just the choreography and their performances, and I, I think it's such a key scene if you if they had messed up that scene on any level Mm. the rest of the film doesn't work because what you have to believe when they come together when they just dance is that at some point these two are going to have mind-blowing yeah yeah (laughs) you know and and you're just going to watch them get to that point it's even like if i remember rightly is the is the lighting quite red yes it's sort of pinkish yeah and Mm. i was like even that's kind of that's yeah. really well, not her working skin here. is sort of yeah. dewy and yeah. she yeah. becomes hot the, I think the room itself in the filming would have been genuinely mm, yeah. hot yeah. and that you know and it's, it's beautifully done yeah. it's beautifully paced it's every, it's, it's, pacing lighting yeah. it's, everything it's, it's about the realness it. and the intensity yeah. and the quickness of it yeah. it's just Sweaty, so it's, short you can, you can taste gone. it you yeah. can yeah. see it you can yeah I like yeah, that about the dancers you can see their sweat the women's mascaras running like the bit where they are literally dirty dancing as she walks through the party it's it's crazy. Yes. I like to think of it as pheromone soup. Yeah, that's a good pheromone word, soup. Yeah. I mean, you literally that's the title just... of this podcast. <laughs> we were almost going to change the in. name to that. Yep, pheromone <laughs> soup. I think for me, I I really enjoyed, it. and I did. It, I must say, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I didn't go into it thinking I was not going to like it, mm. but I didn't know it was going to be so. What I loved about it is it really didn't pander to its audience. It went, here's the story, here's the characters. It's sexy. It's there. Yeah. The messages in the film, it doesn't hammer you over the head with the abortion storyline. It doesn't hammer you over the head with the class. With I feel the class like you divide. miss so much on the first watch. You do, and, and it's got great re- rewatch value, but it is mm. that thing of it deals with issues in the way I think a lot of things should do. I think things these days have a, have a tendency of picking an, a, a taboo subject. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to shine a light on it and be like, look how look how woke we are. Like, like well, <laughs> yeah. we're dealing with abortion, yeah, yeah. but we're going to yeah. talk about it in the dialogue. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I much prefer show, don't tell. Yeah. Which you yeah. say in the book. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. as well, if you look for the, an absolute direct comparison in the context of this with what you're saying is Dirty Dancing the original and Dirty Dancing the remake 
You know, where they're literally telling, they can't, they won't shut up like throughout the entire thing. I mean, they like subtlety. Everything is talked about, everything is unpacked, everything is analyzed. It's like, why use one word when you could use 10? You know, it's, it's endlessly debated and discussed every, and it's sort of like, it's like they're doing their own analytical Mm. commentary of the original Dirty Dancing. Yeah. No one asked for. No, it's like, I get it. I you can just show me and I'll make up my own, I'll figure it out myself eventually. Mm. the, yeah, it reminds me of what you're talking about there with the remake of Have you guys seen Life on Mars? Life on Mars, Life on, the, the, TV the TV show. show the TV sorry. show. Yeah, with, oh no, no, I know what it is. Yeah, 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 I know yeah. What it is. So that was remade for American audiences, and in the English one, I won't tell you how it ends, but it's very subtle. It leaves it open. It's very well written. Mm. Where is he? Who knows? Then they go into it more in Ashes to Ashes. In the American one, <laughs> he got cancelled, and he woke up. On a spaceship on the way to Mars, <laughs> which sounds like I'm making that up. God. I'm not. He was literally I going to, watch to live his <laughs> life on the Mars. Awful. <laughs> and he just lacked his sort of like, who's that? Someone sat there and gone, yes. This. Get him what to is, Mars. Literally this. the clues yeah. in the name. Well, yeah. Yeah. Guys, it's, it's yeah. been staring us in the face all along. It's literally called Life on Mars. I knew we made you for some reason. Yeah. Get it filmed. It's like, did you ever see the, the episodes of The American Inbetweeners? Oh. Unfortunately, I haven't yes, yeah. I saw one. I haven't given that any Terrible. time yet. Because one, one, of the things, <laughs> one of the things about Jay as a character is you kind of believe him, even though it's all bullshit. You kind of believe him, but the guy they got playing Jay in the American one, you just know it's all bullshit. You yeah. know You're something supposed he's to feel sorry real. for Jay, because mm. he even... He, he, I know this isn't the In Between Us podcast, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. it's that thing of... He lies because he says no one pays attention to me, so I make stuff up. Yeah. In the American one, it's just like I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just a dick. Yeah, it's, like, just, it's, just, it's just, just obnoxious. And this isn't. A, I'm not talking about the difference between American and English no. because mm. Dirty Dancing one and Dirty Dancing the remake is both American, I presume. Mm. So I, I do know what you mean. So in terms of us discussing underrated films, what do you guys think? So I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you now. It's got. It's sitting roughly about 7 out of 10. We don't really put numbers on stuff, but it's sitting at a 7 out of 10 on IMDb and about 71% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. So you're talking about that. And then what I think really shows, for, from my point of view, is it's got 90% from the audience score. Yeah. And I mm. think that's right. I think that's bang on. I yeah. think that it is. It's a film for audiences mm-hmm. to just enjoy. And, yeah. And, that, and so I actually do think it's a little underrated. And I think, back to something you, you were saying, Katie, is... People just think it's a it's a girls' film. It's a and it's not. I don't think you can be so reductionist as to say male female films. No, I don't. Yeah. I also don't think girls' film. I know you didn't mean it like this, but girls' film is not intrinsically a devaluation. It's, it's easy to end up sort of inadvertently thinking that, and and a lot of the culture is pushes things that way. So yes, it is a film with a female lead, and it is a lot about her concerns and her view of the world and all of that sort of stuff, but. There is still a lot to say about that that's that's important and sort of that that's helpful and worthy and interesting and entertaining mm. and exciting for anyone to watch. Mm. So not just girls don't just have to watch films about girls and boys and have to no. watch films about boys and, and or everyone in between. You know, we're all a mix of femininity, masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. We all have fears, insecurities, desires. You know, it's just that this is through the prism of a teenage girl. That, yeah. The, yeah. They're universal 
mm. sort of themes. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I, I read a poem or I saw a poem once. It might have done the rounds on social media of a girl talking about teenage girls and how people are predisposed to dislike everything they like. Mm. And it's like they're constantly fighting a losing battle. Yeah. Well, a, a classic example, I think, um, I can't remember, it may have been Catelyn Moran or it may have been Catelyn Moran retweeting. I can't remember what the origin of this is, but a classic example of this is the Beatles, Absolutely, who is yeah. now who are now adopted by kind of sort of not wishing to generalise too much, but a lot of my friends who are middle-aged white men who sort of claim the clever, intelligent, nice, sensitive men who claim the Beatles very much as their own and want to talk a lot about mm. their importance. Mm -hmm. The people that started out loving the Beatles were teenage girls. Absolutely, the people yeah. who yeah. made the Beatles yeah. famous yeah. And, a, and an international phenomenon were Absolutely. teenage girls. So ignore them at your peril because, yeah. you know, teenage girls actually have pretty good taste a lot of the time. Yeah. So do you guys think it is, back to the kind of original question, do you think it is underrated? Do you think it's under... It's not, I don't I think there's no argument that it's underseen. It is, mm. but... I, I, I would go with underappreciated. Yeah, it's mm, a good yeah. shout. Yeah. I, I would... I think it's it's rated fairly. I think, you know, everyone loves it. I quite mm. fairly. There's musicals, there's water bottles. <laughs> um, uh, so underappreciated. Under, under sort of like seen... Undervalued. Undervalued. Yeah. People yeah. have a lot of assumptions, like we just said, people have a lot of assumptions about it. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was Footloose. I think that's what it is. I thought the storyline of Footloose. I thought the storyline of Footloose was Dirty Dancing. Mm. In this so day and age, there'd be some sort of shared universe where it's like the characters from Footloose all move <laughs> yeah. to Dirty Dancing yeah. and then onto yeah. St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> But I'm going to go with undervalued well, I know the and underappreciated. Next, <laughs> um, Adam, did you, have you already answered this? No, um, no, I'd, I'd agree with Al. To be honest, yeah. I, I, I think undervalued, underappreciated because of the 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 depth and the layered story. I, th I think there's just so so much to it that people, most people who haven't seen the film just aren't aware of it. Like Al says, I think people look at it as being a dancing film. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think I think we're all agreed. Then it is. It's um, it's it's underrated. Um, okay, just before we finish, mm -hmm. we've got a present for you. Oh, oh yeah. Uh oh, not the uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was originally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got you some watermelons. Oh, there you go. I didn't check the size before. Wow, they're a big bag. I thought that's a that's a small. Uh, Can I just small for the benefit stuff. of those listening? I have a bag of watermelon sweets <laughs> yeah. the size of my head. Yeah, <laughs> about so, the weight of my head. Thank if, you. If a nuclear that's apocalypse lovely. happens now, we're good for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very um, much. One final question I would have, Katie, if if, you, if you're interested. Um, we always talk about underrated films. Do you have one you'd like to nominate for us to talk about for another episode? Well. I feel I think it's on my mind just because of the genre and the time period. But mm. I do think, for similar reasons that we've been discussing, I think Cocktail is an interesting oh, right. one to have okay. a look at. Never seen, never seen that. that. So, I have mm -hmm. seen that. Oh, have you? Excellent. So we'll do an episode on Cocktail. Yeah. Uh, Katie, good luck with the book. When's it out? At the end of October? 10th of October. 10th of October, 10th of October sorry. Um, it's, it's a fantastic book and uh, I hope it does very well. I'm sure it will. And thanks Thank very you. much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. It's been a delight and, <laughs> and a wonderful surprise. I'm glad that you've all <laughs> suddenly enjoyed Dirty Dancing. <laughs> all because of you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so there we go. That was our interview with Katie Brand. Um, she was an absolute joy, wasn't she? She yeah. was so down to She was lovely. Yeah, she was a real so delight. And uh, not, to, not to let anyone behind the curtain, but that's, that's the first person we've interviewed. Yeah. And um, we were pretty nervous. <laughs> we, I, I, I felt nervous to begin with 
And then very quickly settled she into it. She walked in and it was like, she was... She was made just, it easy. The setup was very easy as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the way yeah. we were sat. And... I felt comfortable as hell, to be honest. Oh, I just, did uh, you? All right. Yeah. Wish I had... Schmoozing with celebrities. Yeah, it was just, uh, I could have done with uh, saying more. <laughs> <laughs> I was more focused on looking cool. <laughs> well, you did that. So just to put a little bit uh, more meat on the bone, uh, Dirty Dancing, I think, as we said in the interview... None of us had seen it before. Nope. Um, and we were kind of talking on the way back about why we hadn't seen it before. And there was no there was no real reason other than we just hadn't. None of us are particularly like, I'm not watching that, it's a girl's film. None, none of us no. are yeah. what you call it, it's a bit manly of, it, men. It, it, <laughs> well, uh, it, speak for yourself, yeah. sir. It was a bit of both for me. It was I'd never seen it just because I hadn't seen it, but also mm. I didn't have any great desire to no, see no, it. No, no. So it wasn't, I don't want to watch it, I'm a bloke. No. Yeah. But I, I was also like... Jason Statham <laughs> films, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I just was, yeah, I was like, meh, I probably wouldn't like that. Yeah. That yeah. was my yeah, thinking. I, yeah, I, yeah, I was the same. There was, there was no particular reason. I just thought, eh. Yeah. My, yeah, my, yeah, mine was just, I'd never... I'd never come to it mm. naturally, I guess. I'm not like, I like to go into most films with an open mind. I just, it just had never come to me. I think as well, because of the era of the film, it was made before we were born. Yeah. I think it's the sort of film where if you don't grow up with it, um, then you may not necessarily come to it naturally. Yeah. So like I'd never, ever sit loads and loads of my friends. And I'm sure you, you're the same. Love the Goonies. And mm. I never, the Goonies never came to me because it just wasn't a film. It was a, it, but was in my house for what, what year was the Goonies? Like late eighties, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things where if your parents liked it, or you have older brothers and sisters, and they have it in the mm. house, you watch it growing up. Yeah, without mm. a doubt, because it's like um, I'd seen Ghost quite a lot growing yeah, up. Yeah. Because mm. that was that was my mum was always big on Swayze. Yeah. But so that was a film I watched a lot. But for some reason, Dirty Dancing was never one that really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, came it's. Up. Um, yeah, it's like one of those things. Every family's got their films, haven't they? Yeah. Every, every family has the film they watch at Christmas. Every family has the film that they're all constantly quoting to each other, or yeah. the film, film that's in the DVD cabinet, video cabinet, yeah. and and that just wasn't one of mine, I suppose. Yeah. But um, I uh, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I, I uh, yeah, I'm surprised how much. I yeah, enjoyed. yeah, so, me too. So yeah, Al, tell tell us more. Like what you you were surprised about it? Or I, uh, I the soundtrack for me was just um, we all know. Uh, Time of Our Lives, whatever mm. it's called. Mm. The Green Day song. The Green Day song, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the soundtrack, uh, Johnny, loved Johnny. Mm. You've got mm. a little, the, little uh, checklist for Johnny. Johnny's you? first appearance is one of my favourite mm. first appearances of any characters mm. ever. He's called Johnny. Just to give you an idea of how Al's head works, when, yep. we're, when we're prepping podcasts, Al. Well, the first, the, he, he's called Johnny for starters. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a leather jacket. He's wearing sunglasses. He's got... Uh, what was the other thing? I don't have my notes on me. Uh, leather jacket. Leather jacket. He doesn't what? make notes. Tight pants. He doesn't make notes. Tight pants. Tight pants, no rules, slicked back hair. Yeah. He's in the pantheon of great Johnnies. He is. Depp. Castle. Bravo. Bravo. Mm-hmm. Mnemonic. Johnny from the room. Johnny from the room. Johnny from the Johnny room. Johnny surname. Johnny, what is this? The room, Johnny. The room, Johnny. Johnny the room, Johnny the room. Mm-hmm. Um, other Johnnies. The, uh, uh, Johnny, it's cool to wear a Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, safety first. Safety yeah. first. Um, yeah. So you, you no, like? Really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, surprisingly, mm. so I keep listening to Hungry Eyes as well. That's such a good mm. song. 
It's oh, always man. on in my work now. Adam? Adam, for those of you who don't know, is kind of our resident music man music guy music man yes yeah, um thoughts on hungry eye i mean i wouldn't no, have picked that classic. as the standout song really? no. No. um see i love the film but the 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 soundtrack was one of my despite liking all the songs the soundtrack was one of my issues with the film and i didn't mention it during during filming really? of this but it was one of my issues just because you're not a music the way man. i view it <laughs> is the music music is is like setting your your time and place mm. so much and the music kept going from like really 60s this is where we are this is the oh, yeah you're to, right there now we're playing this incredibly 80s song and like there's there's two or three incredibly 80s songs and the rest of the music is super I 60s i massively agree with that I, yeah. I was watching it going wait a minute I was like, wait 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 when is this set i'm invested yeah, yeah exactly i'd be like <laughs> i'm invested now this is this is 60 this is really cool and then it'd be like Hungry eyes, yeah. synth, 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 and I'd be yeah. like, "Wait, this is eighties music." Wait, there's some echoed drums. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So I love you... the music. I don't dislike the music in any way, but that was that was my, well, a tiny bug. So back. your kind of issue is that you like the sixties music and the eighties yeah. music, but the melding together didn't work. Yeah, it, doesn't make, it, it doesn't make sense. I, yeah. it's, okay. it's, it's weird, especially that... with Swayze singing one of the songs himself yeah. that he wrote. She's like the wind. She's yeah. like the wind. Yeah, but yeah. it's like it's weird that that was never mentioned, like in post production or whatever. Like, why are we? Where is the set? Yeah. What, what, what you know what would have improved set? the film for me is if Swayze was mouthing the lines <laughs> <laughs> in a cloud. <laughs> She's like the wind. <laughs> um, see, for me, I, I like the soundtrack and I saw the 80s thing as a progress, it's like showing yeah, progression yeah. of like the then and the now. But I get what you mean yeah, in the I jarring. It I went from like well. Otis Redding to Eric Carmen yeah. and it was a bit, a bit jarring. It's a bit like when you see old... 80s action films and they go from the score to a synth yeah you know, like Beverly Hills Cop or something yeah. I, mean, I, get, I, can't, I couldn't understand what you mean what, what yeah. else I mean was that your only big bear with the film or really yeah generally I, I really liked it and I know we already discussed it with Katie but um, Baby as a character is, was so forward thinking particularly for like the era it's supposed to be set in for the 60s mm. for it to be so headstrong which yeah. is fantastic mm. I think the big thing for me, and we did, again we, we mentioned this in the, in the interview, that it worked really well alongside the book. Mm, yeah. Because the book, I don't think I would have enjoyed it half as much if I hadn't read the book. And that's not to be like an arse case or anything mm. like that. It's the way Katie talks about it, the way she really loves the film, yeah. makes you enjoy it more. You almost take on, on the baggage of what she's talking about and the analysis of what she's talking about. Like the scene with the father on the patio that we talked mm. about, I would never have picked up that they were um, that he never said anything yeah. um, and, and that kind of thing. So I do think that the book really improved it. If, if Unfortunately, I can't really separate myself from the book and the film because they were so intertwined in preparation, but mm-hmm. the film overall I, I, did, I did really enjoy I suppose all that's left to do really is say uh, thanks very much to Katie, to the ladies at HarperCollins for sorting the interview out for us. Please do um, go and check out the book because it is a really, really good read. It's really easy reading. It is. It's, um, mm. it's, it's, it's really good, especially because it's such a, such a popular film. So the book's out on October the 10th. But yeah, thanks very much and um, cheerio from us. Josh here again. 
I just wanted to take another little minute to say thanks again for downloading the podcast. It really is greatly appreciated. If you do like it, then please like, subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Special mentions go to Lee for the music, Luke for the logo and Abby for producing, editing and generally putting up with us. If you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Thanks once again and see you next week. Cheerio. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.